0: From True Africa, I'm Claude Winitsky, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're asking if Africa has an image problem.
1: And, you know, as a Nigerian living in South Africa, the narrative about Nigerians is not good. Uh,
2: pretty blunt, and they would just say,
3: we're not going to write about Nigerian internet fraudsters. To fight the single story of Africa, we have provided an alternative to that single story.
0: Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans. And, no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation. Poverty, famine, war, corruption, terrorism, Refugees, I often hear people in America and Europe use those kinds of words to describe Africa. And sure, they're not wrong. There is a lot of corruption, poverty, and war. You may have experienced it. But there's also a lot more going on in the 54 countries that make up our continent. You may have experienced that too. So does Africa have an image problem? And how can we give our continent a makeover? My first guest is Moki Makura. She heads up Africano Filter, a non for profit that seeks to puncture stereotypes about Africa by supporting storytellers and media platforms, including True Africa. I asked her about stereotypes and how and why we should fight them. Here's our discussion. So, the first question is Does Africa have an image problem? It's an excellent question. If they didn't, I wouldn't have a job right now
1: because Africa No Filter's role is to try and fight some of those, you know, harmful stereotypes. So yes, to answer your question, there is an image problem for a lot of people in Africa. And the challenge is that the way the world sees Africa is actually how Africa sees itself.
0: Well, that's the point that I wanted to make around Africans having their own stereotypes about Africa.
1: I think without a doubt, you are absolutely right. Um, A lot of Africans have the you know, the same images that Europeans or, you know, Americans have about Africa, most Africans, we have that about each other. And there's good reason for that. I mean, have you tried traveling <laughs> from Togo to South Africa, or, you know, Nigeria to Guinea, it's hard, it's hard for people to move around. So a lot of Africans actually haven't visited other African countries. That's the first um, um, thing. The second thing is that where do you find knowledge or information about other countries? Think about what you know about America and what you know about Europe. It's watching their films. It's reading their books. It's, there's a lot of pop culture that informs us. But the pop culture within Africa is very limited. And, you know, as a Nigerian living in South Africa, the narrative about Nigerians is not good. It's not good here, you know, um, and it's no different to what a British person would think about Nigerians. You've
0: moved all over the world. What different stereotypes about Africa and Africans have you encountered?
1: Well, I'll give you an example. I was in Germany last week and I shared a train um, carriage with a Swedish man who was traveling from Sweden to Germany to do business. And he asked what I did. And I normally start with, well, you know, what do you think about Africa? When I say Africa, what what comes to your mind? I could see him really struggling. He was trying not to offend me. And I said, no, no, just say the first thing that comes to your mind. And he said, look, with a sense of relief. Well, yeah, it's like poverty. We just see these horrible images. And my next question is, where do you get those ideas about Africa from? Those words that came out of your mouth just now, where did you get them from? Because you've never been... the continent. And he says, oh, but you know, you read about it in the paper, you see it in the news. So we have gone and done, you know, a lot of research. We did research into how um, Africa shows up in the US. We did research into how African media covers Africa. We've actually identified five sort of key frames through which most stories about Africa are told. And they are poverty, Poverty being a big one, where poverty is the hero of the story. The other one is corruption, conflict, disease, and poor leadership. And the three sort of overriding perpetual narratives that we keep hearing about Africa. One is that Africa is broken because everybody tries to fix us. That Africa is dependent because it's always the global north or the richer countries trying to sort of give us aid to fix our problems. And the third is that Africans lack the agency to make the change they need themselves. And increasingly, young people who live on the continent, they will quote back some of these narratives at you. And that's the problem.
0: Who are you trying to reach?
1: Yeah, we often get asked, I mean, the, the, my direct answer to that is that it's Africans wherever they are. So if you're an African in the diaspora, we're equally trying to reach you because what the reason why we do the work we do is not so much to change a Trump, Trump supporter's opinion of Africa or, you know, the Swedish businessman, you know, the opinion of Africa. The real reason why we're doing this work is to make sure that young Africans who are beginning to believe or who grow up believing that the continent is corrupt, they never get anywhere. Um, We're trying to change that because it's in our interest to have our young people engaged and full of hope and inspired and just us as Africans believing we're in the right place right i don't know if you read there's um quartz africa had an article i think it was this week um about the 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 exodus of the young africans who are going to america and europe in nigeria there's a movement called japa which is just young people who are literally leaving the continent but they're turning around and you know doing a big finger at nigeria they're never coming back that's the sad part they're never coming back our work has never been more important You know, and that's another perception, right? The perception that the West is better, and that's what we're trying to change. And that's why we need more stories that show more people who are doing amazing things to show that it is possible to live the African dream, because it's not a story that often comes out, the African dream.
0: My second guest is Nicola Martefio, the creator of the TV series An African City, it follows five women in Accra, in Ghana. I started by talking to her about her TV series and how she plays with stereotypes in it. Here's our conversation. One of the things I loved and many people loved about it in African city was that it was kind of playing with a lot of stereotypes about Africa, specifically coming from an outsider perspective, looking into Africa. So do you think that the stereotypes that kind of are very well known about Africa, do you think that they've changed?
3: There's this report that I love by USC Norman Lear Center.
0: Yes, they do great work.
3: Yes, yes. For for one month in it was either 2017 or 2018 they monitored us news and entertainment shows monitored how often africa was mentioned uh, reviewing over 700,000 hours of content and they found that more than 60% of news on africa focused on tragedies war poverty and disease right that's not shocking we all we all know this but then it got more specific about the U.S. TV and film industry, and 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 those stats I found pretty interesting. So like 44% of TV shows and movies only mention Africa, right, with no reference to a particular country. Yes. 35% of African mentions in TV shows about crime and terrorism. When African characters did appear on U.S. television shows, less than 50% spoke 10 words or less. So it's that view that we are voiceless with nothing of value to say. 87% of shows that mention Africa do not have an African character. So we not, we're not even included in our own stories. And I think it was something like only, I think 30% of African characters on U.S. TV shows are women. You know, and I like female-centered, driven stories. So I, I think it should be 100% women or 50 I don't mind 50-50. 50-50 is fine. Um, but that was just a few years ago. So no, unfortunately, I, I do not think... A lot has changed, but I I hope to be part of that change.
0: But I want to take Mm -hmm. it back to your specific and particular experience with An African City. Were you Mm -hmm. trying to combat stereotypes with that series?
3: One hundred percent. I'm trying to do so much with An African City, and I, I think a lot has been accomplished. So to fight the single story of Africa, we have provided an alternative to that single story. To fight colorism, we've celebrated women of all complexions. Um, We came into this wanting dark-skinned girls to be celebrated. um, Because in so much of our global media, it's light-skinned women who are only celebrated. Um, Four of the five characters had their natural hair because we wanted to show that natural hair in all its forms, in the way that it grows out of our heads, is beautiful. Um, I want to make sure that black people around the world were celebrating music from Ghana, fashion from Ghana, home decor from Ghana. Um, How many times have we watched a black U.S. TV show and one of the lead characters is dreaming of going to London or Paris? Yeah. I don't understand romanticizing about okay let me be really honest i don't understand about romanticizing about the place of the people who once enslaved you or colonized you i don't really get it but i have never watched a black u.s tv show where the lead character is dreaming about kigali or Kampala or zanzibar or Accra. there's a disconnect there and so an african city aims to fight that disconnect
0: My third guest is Jessica Hope. She heads up Wimbart, an Africa-focused PR company based in the UK. Clients include the Nigerian streaming platform, Iroko TV, and the payment company Flutterwave. Here's our conversation. So thank you for agreeing to be part of this podcast. As you know, the topic is, have the stereotypes about Africa changed? and you've been in this business for nearly 10 years, and you've seen all kinds of stereotypes about Africa in those 10 years. So can you actually tell us what you do?
2: I run a PR company called Wimbart, and we specialize in the African tech space. Uh, As you say, I've been working in the African tech space for 10 years now. Uh, For the first three and a half years, I uh, was the global comms lead for a Nollywood platform called Iroco TV, which I'm sure many of your listeners have tuned into at some point over the
0: last decade. And so what are the stereotypes that you actually had to deal with?
2: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think early days with Iroco, what we were trying to do is secure international press for the CEO and for the company to open doors for international discussions, not just for investments, but also for partnerships and for talent acquisition as well. But I remembered uh, two or three times um, I pitched and I was like, look, there's this amazing um, internet company. It's the first company to kind of bring Nollywood online. Nollywood is the is Nigerian Hollywood. It's the second biggest film industry in the world. But, you know, international journalists were pretty uh, pretty blunt and they would just say, we're not going to write about Nigerian internet fraudsters. Um, and that was, you know, th- they felt okay saying that 10 years ago. Uh, They didn't sugarcoat it at all. And that was their perception. Anything that had to do with the internet or technology coming from Africa, especially Nigeria, was was fraudulent in their eyes. So that's like... You know, stereotypes have changed a lot since then, although I'm sure there are still a few people out there who might have the same opinion. Uh, But I think over the last 10 years, what we've been able to do is share the narratives, share the stories of the pioneers from across the continent who've built technology businesses across many different sectors, and we've shifted perceptions.
0: So do you think that tech is actually the industry that is helping to shift perceptions about Africa?
2: I think it has definitely helped. It's definitely... um, Helps switch people's perceptions, international audiences' perceptions, certainly. Um, although, interestingly, still, although not as much as, say, 10 years ago or eight years ago, I think international journalists still don't really understand, the, say, the power of the mobile phone in Africa. They don't understand the level of innovation and, and, and technology and some of the genuinely fascinating companies that are scaling across the continent as well to meet people's needs. But I think, generally, technology is a narrative that is in some ways borderless. Um, So I think that it has helped to spearhead that kind of change in perception.
0: We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. We believe Africa's potential is limitless and so are the solutions to the challenges we face. One of those challenges is how the world sees us, but perhaps a bigger challenge is how we see ourselves and how we talk about each other. It's only when we start telling the right stories that other people will really start to listen. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Join in the conversation using the hashtag LimitlessAfrica. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Granitsky. The Limitless podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Fire Foundation.